Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Get Wisdom Director Carl Mollison. Carl, this week uh, we're going to look at an update to the Ten Commandments. We live in a troubled world, and people are seeking answers to life's mysteries as desperately as ever. So it it shouldn't be too surprising that uh, there's going to be a need for a divine update. And within the context of that mission of bringing divine wisdom forward, it shouldn't be too surprising that there's an update to the Ten Commandments. In fact, the word principle is being substituted for the word commandment because the one thing we have learned is that Creator does not command. We are free free beings. This is a free will experiment down here, and you don't tell free beings what to do. Tell us more about how this came about and, and what Creator's, uh, you know, answer to this divine update is. Okay, well, we've been ruffling some feathers with every show we've done. And the reason is partly a lot of information people have learned is out of date or is frankly wrong. So we're not here to threaten anyone's faith or upturn apple carts. We want to add information, add new wisdom. And Creator is very much behind this. And I use that word to make it a little more generic so I don't offend the Muslims by not using Allah and use God instead and so forth. But I mean the Almighty, the force that created the universe. So let me ease into this a bit and have Creator let you understand how the view is of the divine and what we wanted to bring about and bringing new information to help people. And I asked a question of Creator from a viewer of webinars that we do on our website. A viewer wonders if I read the Bible or follow the scriptures and is uncomfortable that our information is not coming from that source. What can we say to him and the others who believe following the Bible is an absolute requirement? And this is Creator's answer that I channeled as an intuitive, recorded word for word. The key requirement to be in divine alignment is to follow divine principles with your life and how you treat yourself and others. This is not wholly contained nor described within the Bible in how to proceed. The Bible is a kind of snapshot of world events two millennia ago and earlier and is greatly out of date with respect to many cultural changes and the growth of human knowledge and technological development. There is a much greater sophistication with education assisting the spread of knowledge much more widely than ever before. There is a need for new knowledge and information, and that is the purpose of the ongoing effort you are making to channel us to fill in gaps for information not covered by the Bible in the thinking of those living in early times. Because we never lead, but only help support, there could only be information given to answer questions of immediate concern, and then only stay within existing knowledge, for the most part, with a few hints about expanding perspectives for people to consider. This is what is termed inspiration. 
When people come forth with a new idea that's divinely inspired, it truly comes from us, but from the deep inner recesses of the mind and wells up as seemingly a person's own idea when, in fact, it may be gifted for them to recognize. If it is embraced and they act on it to share with others, the mission is accomplished from our perspective, but always needs human cooperation. This process of inspiration was never, and we repeat never, intended to stop with the biblical era. We've been inspiring people all through the ages, and it continues in the current moment and is taking place right now for the channeler of this message. He is coming forward with an earnest desire to help this inquirer understand the divine perspective and how it can integrate with his prior teachings that are focused on the Bible as the be-all and end-all of divine wisdom and a handbook for living. The reality here is that life is continually growing and expanding, and this is true of human behavior and thought, and the progress culturally that has taken place since those days. There are many circumstances and dilemmas not covered by the Bible specifically, and this leaves many loose ends and allows much variance in trying to apply biblical injunctions to guide modern living. As such, it falls short in many ways and is truly out of date. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me that the divine wisdom would have stopped flowing 2,000 years ago and that that's all we're stuck with. So continue on, Carl, with, uh, with the creator bringing this forward. All right, so... So one day I asked Creator about the Ten Commandments because this is kind of a sore point for me in wanting to advance spirituality, true spirituality, meaning a reach to the authentic divine realm, not a do-it-yourself expansion of possibilities that we make up with our thoughts, but the true reality of how things work and how it's come to be, which is through the divine and with the divine. That's when good things happen and important things happen. And the, the Ten Commandments are kind of sitting ducks for the non-believer, the atheists, the, the skeptics. They poke fun at this regularly because it's, it's fairly incomplete. And it, it's really uh, kind of shopworn and uh, it, it's a, it, it is a sacred text. But there's room for improvement. And let's, let me give you Creator's words about this, because I invited Creator to give us an update of the Ten Commandments. And this is what Creator told me. As you yourself have already decided, it would be best to not make this a contest where you seemingly wish to displace old and often cherished notions of divine wisdom by contrasting a superior source of knowledge. You can certainly promote the creation of such a list, and we're happy to assist with content. You can also make the comment that in contrast to the Ten Commandments, the information has a different tone, a different energy, a different focus, and has greater utility for today's world in many respects, and nicely complements the older teachings without stepping on toes, but also emphasizing the attractive features of having new information from Creator to assist people with their lives. And this will be a blessing 
and will be a nice contribution in showing you have many things to offer seekers of divine wisdom and practical solutions for their struggles. So when you're ready, we'll be happy to collaborate. Carl, the first divine principle is uplift the self with no harm to others. Can you share with us uh, what Creator says about why this was stated first on the list and, and why it is so important? All right, so these are Creator's words. This is particularly important now for divine human following many, many centuries of subjugation and in many cases a self-imposed limitation from exposure to religious teachings of humility and self-denial as representing a holy way to live. This is a false teaching. So there is lost ground to make up for and regain. Denial of the self is no different than denial of anyone. It is particularly pernicious because any self-imposed negativity will have a greater consequence than the dislike of another. Your negativity may have a great impact or may have quite little impact on another person, depending on whether they are standing strong and refuse to take it to heart. And this is as it should be, for you are not here to be a judge or critic of others, and particularly not the self. This is perhaps the commonest shortcoming people have, to perceive the self as flawed, as incomplete, as inadequate, is very common. And this springs largely from the current plight of physical human to exist in a state of ignorance and disconnection in a physical body that is fragile and unfairly creates wide variations in capability, both in physical stamina and strength, as well as in the area of attractiveness and resilience. Yeah, the second principle is actually a coin flip side of the, of the first one. Uplift others with no harm to the self. Share with us what Creator says about that, Carl. Here, too, is a recognition that humans are all in this together and have similar needs and similar frailties. It does not benefit the self to gain something while causing harm to another because that will negate the benefit as it will be canceled or will be retracted at some time in the future through the law of karma if it comes at the expense of someone else, so it is a false gain, to be sure. Simply avoiding such circumstances will go a long way in helping the life to run smoothly and to build a positive future through, though not an endless landscape of minefields, where one can encounter an old problem and an old liability again and again and never see it coming. And then the life will be a series of ups and downs, and the downs can be quite painful. This happens through a reawakening of old karmic business needing to be repaid or rebalanced, and this will greatly impede future progress and happiness. It is possible to have balance in one's life with due consideration for the self, but with a discipline and focus to honor the rights of others in such a way as to give them their due respect boundaries, respect their feelings and their needs, and to be a positive influence and not a negative one. Here, too, the balance is stated specifically to honor the need of the individual as an important element always. 
Many relationships are unbalanced with one partner serving the other and may, in fact, be subjugated and suffering tremendously because of endless demands placed on them and much abuse in the bargain. This is unnatural and abnormal and will cause great harm to both parties because this is a double injury and will be seen karmically as a double fault and will require a double penalty in effect in its repayment. All who would take advantage of another needs to keep this in mind in choosing their actions. Wow, these are uh, two very, very powerful principles. Um, they're, they're not foreign. I mean, they're, they're, it really reflects the golden rule in many, many ways. But I think the most important thing, that, especially with the second one, is that we have to really take care of the self and include the self as an important consideration when we are doing our outreach to others. Yes, and, and this, this is a central principle in all of the universe, and it's the basis of the law of karma, which corrects all wrongs eventually, because you throw things out of balance energetically when you commit wrongdoing, and the universe will notice. It's, it's like any law of physics. Energy seeks a resolution. It seeks order or it seeks disorder, depending on the flow and flux of things. So when you create disorder, it will get a correction. It might not be until another lifetime. So as a healer, when I work with people, I see all too often they're beating up on themselves. And we've been so programmed by society and the just the nature of competition puts people in uh, tough situations. People get bullied. People get manipulated. The, the structures designed to train people to be complacent and compliant, you know, sit in your seat, you know, turn around, shut up. You know, there's yeah. all, all these things you get year after year yeah. that kind of run tower, counter to your desires. Well, and it you- takes a toll. Oh, absolutely. You know, the first commandment, or commandment, first principle, see, I'm, I'm programmed too to think of this way. The first principle is uplift the self. So this, this reinforces what you're saying about really our first order of business is to get our own house in order. We really need to look after the self because that's where most of our problems stem. Yes. And, uh, and the, yes. it's only the second time, the second principle where it's suggested very strongly that we uplift others, but with the caveat of doing no harm to the self. So there's yes, a lot and, of focus on the self here. And even with the act of uplifting the self comes the injunction with no harm to others. So it has to be kept in a kind of balance right from the start. Yes. You, you don't go overboard with this. And if you just look anywhere around you in the world – you'll see very little evidence that people are acting this way in the way they comport themselves and their lives. There's lots of corporate and business cheating, manipulation of customers, shortcuts that do harm, and it's well known and understood by those holding the power, but they do it anyway because it helps them. It's a material gain, a material greed. And, and of course, if you follow politics, Boy, is that a, a, you know, it's like cage fighting these days when, <laughs> when people go at each other tongue and claw. And, and it's, it's rather uh, an unpleasant display of 
being out of divine alignment, let's just treat it in the kindest way we can well, <laughs> in an you attempt know, to uplift with no harm, no name calling. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, we're, we're looking at extremes here. So on the one hand, you know, it's, it's lauded to be powerful and in control and having people do your bidding for you. And yet, on the other hand, we're encouraged to shut up and, you know, don't rock the boat and, and go along to get along. So those are two opposite polar extremes. And yes. uh, neither are particularly healthy for the individual or for society collectively. And I think that these two principles are really helping us to consider trying to move towards a middle ground on both those, both those uh, approaches. Exactly. And, and that is the ideal the sweet spot in all of life to hew to that middle course where there's balance. And if you think about balance as a guiding principle and a, and a, and a goal for living, that can help a lot in making decisions from day to day and what you do with yourself, what you do with your time and the time you devote to others and what others might need from you, like your struggle perhaps between doing a career and helping your loved ones at home with a family. You can't just do one at the expense of the other. There needs to be a balance to help uplift them with some of your time if you're the career person. So this applies across the board in every facet of living and holds great power to help you become healthy and happy because you will do better and the people around you will do better and they will honor you for your fairness, your equanimity, your support and the love you're able to give because you're stopping to think, you know, not just, you know, what do I got to do and what's in it for me and push everyone away, but take the time to, to nurture, support, and have a smile and have a positive word for others. That's upliftment. And on that note, we're at the break time already, Carl. We'll see you after this break. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment.
You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Get Wisdom. We're uh, looking at the 10 divine principles for living. You can actually get a copy at getwisdom.com slash 10 T-E-N, getwisdom.com slash 10 T-E-N. Carl, the third divine principle is honor the responsibility to family and to friends for the exchange of love and fulfill commitments. Tell us more about this and what Creator says about it. Okay. Well, I promised myself I wasn't going to compare and contrast with the original Ten Commandments here. I'll leave that to to others. But there's a clear parallel here that jumps out, you know, honor thy father and thy mother and so forth. But it's a little more comprehensive to include all the people around you who you interact with in a major way. So that's family and friends. The people you're in it with together, you identify with, and you're, you're working towards something on behalf of. So this is what Creator says about this third principle. Here again is due consideration of the human family as an interconnected whole. That one's duty does not stop with the self or with a mate, but extends to many, many others as encountered in life, all of whom deserve respect and support with due consideration to limits on the self in what one can share or contribute in time or finances because of personal needs. There is much to be gained in viewing all humans as members of one's family. This is the ideal because it is virtually a reality that all are not only on an equal footing, but are interconnected energetically and spiritually and karmically as well. You are all brothers and sisters, whether you accept this idea or not. It is the way of things and will always be so. To harm any other human is a harm to one's own soul and an affront to divine principle. And so the inclusion of a wider circle makes this point very explicitly that you are in this life together and have obligations to help everything reach a state of balance. Given current world circumstances, this is a daunting challenge. We realize fully the extremes and living circumstances are a consequence of many, many karmic events over the centuries that have created great disparities and cultural differences, contributing to the plight of those living in poverty or with adverse environments, where eking out an existence is particularly challenging and uncertain. In such a world, especially with the overlay of politics, there are many institutional constraints reinforcing the separations and divisions. So this is not an easy thing to correct, but it can start with the local environment of each person. And if each person views their circle as being special and needing their support and encouragement, it can spread outward, and this in time can restore balance to the whole. We understand this will take a great deal of time yet, but the sooner effort is made, the sooner the broad changes needed will reach a critical mass of energy and intention to overcome 
the great obstacles holding things in place. Here, too, is a challenge and an opportunity, and its solution will be, in effect, a final exam for the divine human project. Wow. The fourth divine principle, be honest in all transactions as a way of honoring the soul of the other party and one's own soul and its integrity. What does Creator say about that? All right. These are Creator's words. When people behave in a scrupulous fashion and refuse to cheat, refuse to take advantage of another, and express an expectation they will be treated in like fashion, this can have an impact through teaching others how to live a principled life, and in essence, acts as a break on their conduct, knowing they will be made to feel shame if they act in a, in a low fashion around someone who clearly is being divine in their thinking. Many people in today's world will not understand this and see it for what it represents at first. That is the cynicism coming from those disconnected from creator's love, who are on the spectrum of disconnection leading to narcissism and sociopathic conduct with an absence of compassion or a conscience to guide the individual. People exhibiting that extreme negativity will pose a challenge, but they can be dealt with through exclusion and then can learn the requirements of taking part in polite society and can modify their ways in order to get along and share in things. So while setting out these divine principles as the roadmap to follow in life, we understand things will not always go smoothly because it will take considerable amount of time for people to grow into this way of thinking and living once again. The fifth divine principle is share what you gain from your efforts with others in need in a balanced way, not to harm the self or loved ones who rightfully have priority. That's an interesting one, Carl. Yes, yes. And uh, this is an opportunity to look a little deeper in the interpersonal interactions and the responsibilities that we bear. So here is creator's answer to our asking about the fact no two people will likely make the same choices and decisions in following this guidance. So how can we better understand what corresponds to sharing in a balanced way? And creator says, the best way we can describe this to make it as understandable as possible would be in reference to the golden rule. No two people are alike. And so the standard each would come up with in what to give away and what to keep for the self will vary. Each person will see things differently and will have different attitudes and feelings about what is fair and what is balanced. So there can be no absolutes here. And as we do not judge, we will not weigh in and intervene. So this is all self-determined and will inevitably reflect those individual differences and characteristics. In the same way, this implies one needs to reserve judgment about others, knowing you have a biased perspective inherently and seeming to be a separate individual with your own needs being felt quite strongly and especially coming from a history of being preyed on by others. 
This can sensitize a person to be wary of trusting others and even allowing a relationship where there may be risks involved potentially. This is all part of the picture of what needs to happen to make things better. So the golden rule is a value here because it can apply a self-standard to all such questions. In this way, each person can reach a balance within themselves based on their own perspective about what they need personally. The sixth divine principle is share love in everything you do and be open for opportunities to give love to others in as many ways as you can through acts of kindness, giving thanks, being respectful, offering encouragement, and showing appreciation and gratitude for what you have received from others as well. Okay, so there's quite a nice list of positive things one can do. And this all fits in with the previous things we've been learning here about uplifting the self, being respectful of the self, encouraging the self, appreciating and being grateful for the self and what you can do well and what you are as a person. And and also then sharing in everything and being open and respecting that from others. This is a wonderful list of possibilities. So I asked creator, can you help us understand whether there is an absolute divine standard of performance here? Or how else to implement this principle? And creator answers, in a word, the answer is no. For the same reason as we discussed above, no two people are alike, so there will never be parity in all things chosen or denied. Each individual will act according to their own makeup and their own feeling in the moment that is a reflection of the sum total of their being or its current level of distortion through unhealed trauma. So we do not expect everyone to meet any particular standard of conduct. And again, would point out that if each person is true to themselves and their own particular nature and turns that around in a way to allow others to have of them what they would do for themselves or expect to receive, they are willing to give in like measure, this will go a long way towards promoting a love-based world. And this is the goal here. So this is not something static. It is something that represents a flow and flux across time and many, many dimensions with every activity representing an opportunity to break new ground and create new possibilities others can learn from and exploit with a further expansion. This is creator's goal for the universe. Love is the engine in effect. It is the fuel and the ultimate purpose behind everything. Wow. You know the takeaway I get from this is that a love-based world is not necessarily a frictionless world. You know, that everybody is unique. A creator clearly values uniqueness um, way up on the top of the list of qualities for the universe, you know, because there's just everything's unique, essentially. And you have to expect that that's going to be true of how people interact with each other and the values that they adopt. And, and it's really just a question of, 
having a set of uh, rules of engagement that people adhere to. So even if they're not really identifying with understanding their, their partner that they're engaged with, as long as they adhere to that rule of engagement of kind of live and let live, we can go a long way towards creating a love-based world. Yes. So there needs to be an action step always. It's one thing to decide, well, I'm going to be a loving person and think you're done. Well, put it into action. Demonstrate that. Use that as a focus and a goal and a guiding light in everything that you do. That's going to change what happens. Because if you think about any wrongdoing, lying, cheating, or bad-mouthing someone, name-calling, treating people harshly, or even just in ignoring them and doing things that are hurtful. What you're doing is denying love in that moment with those actions or a denial of action. And love then is the answer because putting love back in is the, is the correction for any act of wrongdoing. And it has to be done in the right way and the, in the right time and and be a proportional reaction and a forgiveness and an act of loving kindness that solves the dilemma that was created when love was denied. But this is powerful stuff. It really, really is. And it goes to the core of human living. And it, this also has brought in the idea of the soul as being super important. And it is wounds to the soul, I can tell you as a healer, that are among the deepest and the most harmful that plague us and re-echo again and again and again all through one's life. And it may be things they've done in other lifetimes, but eventually it will out. It will show up in some way through the law of karma, bringing back the attention to you. You've got some work to do. There's something missing. There's something that's been broken. And your life will be rocky as a consequence. You'll have adversity. You'll have disappointment. You'll have loss, tragedy, illness. And that is typically a karmic consequence of being out of balance in some way. So these principles are giving you the answer for the human dilemma in large measure. I think a lot of what the principles we've heard so far are really steering us towards is what our entire project is named. Essentially, get wisdom. You know, these are guidelines for helping us to learn how to love, to learn how to get along with and others and as well as how to set priorities correctly so that we are not harming the self while we're help, helping others and vice versa. So it, getting wisdom, figuring this out, that's really the task of what it's all about. Yes, and so many people float through life and frankly find some of the old teachings, you know, a little too humdrum, a little too rote, a little too formulaic in a kind of a abstract way. And then they, they need those sermons again and again to pull out a Bible story and use the metaphorical lesson and then hopefully will make a creative leap to their own life in some way. And then they think, well, I'll be like that person from the Bible and I'll, I'll change what I did because I can see now I wasn't acting well and so on. But that, that demands a fair amount of creativity from people 
to make those connections. So these principles are pretty clear. And obviously, they're going to be received subjectively through each person's own filters and learning and preparation and also capability to express in a, in a full fashion. But at least you're getting the guidance. Well, we've got three more principles to go, which we'll get to right after this upcoming break. Be sure to get the 10 principles for divine living. You can download it at getwisdom.com slash 10, T-E-N. That's getwisdom.com slash 10, T-E-N. And we'll be right back. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to our final segment of Get Wisdom. Carl, the seventh divine principle is safeguard your soul to nurture its learning and growth, not at the expense of others but to meet your responsibility to be your soul's guardian and take care of its safety and protection from harm. What does Creator say about that? All right, and these are some of Creator's words, and I should point out that we have much more to say about these. That is, Creator has said much more about these. We're giving you basically snippets about each one. So if you get our download from our website, you can get a nice list of these as well as a further treatment. And and we, we really recommend that. But we want to give a flavor for these. And they're, they're quite useful and important to know about. So these are creator's words about this seventh principle, safeguarding the soul. Here again, we can point out the inherent addressing of the need for balance to not neglect the self and to cause no loss to others in serving the soul. This takes things to the deeper level inherent with the creation of the being and its meaning and purpose. On the deepest of levels, you are all a part of creator and creator's consciousness and energy. There is no separation. 
In fact, you are, in effect, a physical part of creator's form. This carries with it many potential consequences and many obligations and responsibilities as well. If you allow harm to yourself or cause harm to others at a soul level, you, in effect, are striking at the very heart of creator directly to cause a wound there. All humans are divine and all humans have greatness. The greatness is arrayed among you within and to varying degrees and levels of interplay that create a unique makeup for each person and their soul. This is the least understood aspect of being, that when you judge others by their looks, their talents, their behaviors, their cultural background, and so on, you are only seeing surface characteristics for the most part and are completely unaware of their true depth. That is why safeguarding the soul and cultivating it and its yearnings are the most profound sacred duty. Because you are dealing with the essence of the individual at its deepest level and most comprehensive perspective. Learning to express and enrich the soul is the ultimate goal of the art of living. The eighth divine principle is aid all others with their learning and growth to understand their need for this as a birthright and an important part of life. And understand this does not represent the actions of an enemy, but fellow humans in need, and not meant to take away from you getting your share. In a world of love, there is room for all. This is both a challenge and an opportunity. Carl, share with us how Creator can help us to understand and perhaps give examples of uh, where human society is falling short on this. All right. This is what Creator says about this in part, brief part. Here we are broadening the canvas to deal more with the human collective and the human enterprises that affect multiple individuals and society at a group level, as well as its totality. And again, the emphasis is on balance of having respect and a sharing. So none are denied fair treatment and due consideration of their worth as fellow beings, with the goal being an interplay that is characterized by mutual cooperation, respect, and a desire for harmony overall. Achieving that state of harmony and balance will at once be the greatest of human achievements, as well as the process being the greatest teacher in the art of living through divine principle. The ninth divine principle is healing and repair is the highest of priorities for the self as no one else can see to this. It must come from within each person as a desire and a commitment to make the investment to guarantee a happy future. Okay, so this is another very, very broad and very, very important principle, I would say. And this is what I asked Creator to comment about this. That most people are still unaware of how many difficulties are undermining them. And many of the rest believe their only option is to soldier on and may even look forward to their passing as a means of escape. 
And so I asked Creator to give us some more information on why a happy future depends on their taking action to obtain healing. And these are Creator's words. Healers, more than most people, are acutely aware of the magnitude of disarray experienced by most people within their lives and within their own physical being with the problems energetically they're exhibiting and coping with, with all the emotional discord and stress arising from their life circumstances and not having the means to make changes in a meaningful way for the better. This is the number one dilemma that stands in the way of achieving the balance for implementing all of the divine principles we have discussed thus far. When one is wounded, one cannot keep up with others. There will be a lack. There will be a defect of some kind that shows up. And this will lead to further failings and further limitations that have a consequence and will drag the person down further. This can spiral downward, in fact, and cause a person to go under. The greatest source of ignorance about things being important that are little considered fall under the arena of the role of the divine and its reality and then the role of karmic consequences for each and every action of the individual. This is what we are addressing here with the divine principles for living. To pay careful attention to the healing needs of the self because all that has become unbalanced through all of time is still there to be reckoned with. Karma never dissipates. It is only marking time in effect and will revisit the person at some point in the future again and again and again until it is satisfied with a repayment or a rebalancing in some way. The totality of the human enterprise will depend on whether a sufficient healing of old wounds is achieved. Until then, you will be largely marking time as a human society, and there will be many recurring problems because old circumstances will be revisited and regenerated from the energies of the prior events, and people will re-experience the same failings over and over again until they finally find a way to heal it sufficiently to rebalance things. Yeah, this is a very good one because people can relate to the truism that history repeats itself. And what that is largely is the energy of karma coming back again and again and again. So we have repeated wars, repeated civil strife, and repeated conflicts of all sorts at all levels of the world, interpersonal relationships and then within groups and and the political arena and then among nations. And it seems pretty clear that uh, the message here is that karma never dissipates and it has to be actively rebalanced in some way. And that's our individual job to rebalance our own karma. So there's no free lunches, unfortunately. We have work to do. We do indeed. Okay, the tenth divine principle. Honor the need of others to have healing and to see their plight, in part, as your responsibility and obligation as a fellow human. So you are sympathetic and supportive and understanding of the importance for them to have a pathway to healing in order to make up for losses and wounds to their soul as well as all will be harmed when one suffers. You are in this together and share the responsibility for one another. No one is safe until all 
are safe. This is the true and quite profound meaning of the unity of the human family. You can make this a practice because it is not only an idea, but a reality. You know, it's interesting how the principles got lengthier as we got to number 10, <laughs> which is the longest one by far. But they, they, there's a theme that runs through all of them. Indeed, indeed. And so we're, we're still on the issue of healing, but now for others around us and the importance of it and that we're a family. And these are important fundamental principles and concepts and a reality according to Creator. And so Creator says about this, despite the wordiness here, the meaning is quite simple. What is at stake is the entirety of your future, individually and collectively. The destiny of divine human is to ascend through higher dimensions with a corresponding expansion of individual and collective reach. The ability to experience, express, and create new things and possibilities are all contingent on overcoming the current limitations of your physical existence. This ascension can only happen when the whole of humanity is ready. That is why you are so interdependent and interlinked in a very, very real way. In a sense, you have the ticket for the journey. But the conveyance needs to be created through common effort as a group enterprise. If each individual would do their part, this could happen very, very quickly. But with so many being out of alignment, there must be an intervention by others to give them the assistance needed to make up for the shortcomings in their way and to bring in the needed healing for them. So they are not an anchor on the chain, so to speak but can begin to contribute their own energy to the enterprise. There is a love deficit, and it is expressed in many, many ways through the great variety of adverse circumstances exhibited by human negativity. Putting back the love in one respect is simple, but this can only be done when one can give and receive love fully. And very few people in today's world are free and open enough to divine love to do this readily. This is why healing is needed and why healing of others is of equal importance to healing oneself. Because while you can improve your own personal circumstances up to a point, you will still be constrained by the human physical experience as an influence until all are ready to progress. Wow, it really says that we really are our brothers and sisters keepers, you know, that we're all in this together. And, you know, we have to look not only to uplifting ourselves, but to everybody else around us simultaneously. Indeed, indeed. And, you know, let me share a story that I witnessed working on a client to do a spirit releasement or remote spirit releasement. This person who came to me had a human female attached to him as a discarnate, earthbound spirit. And I work on these spirits to raise them up, to do energetic and karmic healing and repair for them. And I get to a a step where I ask someone to come from the light who they'll recognize and greet them and give them encouragement. 
And this female I was shown had been kind of one of the lowest of humans in the uh, despair she was feeling. She was homeless. Her family had shunned her all her life. She was a drug addict and working as a truck stop prostitute. And one day had a client who wanted her to perform a sex act. And he was very unclean. And and she couldn't help herself. She just vomited. And on this guy. And he slashed her throat to kill her. So I'm sitting there watching and waiting for someone to come from the light for this kind of wretched person. Who could this be? Who, Who would she react to and relate to or would want her? And I saw it was Mary and Joseph. I doubt she realized that's who it was, but I was shown that intuitively. And Mary said to her, we've had a son. We would like to have a daughter. Will you come with us and be our daughter? Wow. Okay, so these are two divine beings who contributed to one of the great events of human history and bringing forth Jesus Christ into life. And what are they doing now with their time? <laughs> They're healing. <laughs> They're reaching out to some of the lowest of the low of humanity to give them encouragement, give them a leg up, invite them back into the fold. That's what these principles are for, to keep us in a good place. But if we fall, if we stumble, there is a way back. And we need to help one another with this also. But the tools are here. We know a lot about healing. We do healing work for others. And you can learn about that on our website. And this is an enterprise for all of humanity to awaken and embrace. Indeed. The Get Wisdom Project is about bringing forward divine wisdom, and we have a number of things that you can check out. We have uh, our prayer ebook. You can get that at getwisdom.com slash prayer. Again, the, the principle, 10 Principles for Divine Living, you can get that at getwisdom.com slash 10, T-E-N. Carl, what are we talking about next week? Well, next week we're going to discuss why animals are divine, and they're special. There are people, too, many of them, in a sense. Not that people reincarnate as animals, but they're here for a purpose. Well, we're down to the last few seconds. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. We hope you got a lot out of this uh, very compressed show where we delivered a lot of information. Be sure to check it out by getting that ebook, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye bye. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week. 